1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. Come on to the rock show. Come
2: on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown.
3: The date is the 29th of August, 1999. A little-known film called *Star Wars: Episode One, The Phantom Menace* is top of the pops in the UK box office, and Jerry Halliwell, Michico Latino, aka My Latin Boy,
1: <laughs>
3: that's exactly how she pronounced it as well. Tom was in the charts and annoying people, and also annoying me because I did not know how the song went. I played it once in preparation for this; hasn't left my head since.
2: <laughs> Take me back.
3: That's it. Steve Carino. Carino. <laughs> and a little known show called SmackDown was making its proper debut after pilot a month earlier. Is it still on the show? Still on the show. Is it still on the air? <laughs> <laughs> you doing great, mate. Is it still on the air? <laughs> was it good? What happened to the rock? <laughs> <laughs> the answer to these questions and more can only be found on this Smackdown retro review
2: with, ladies and gentlemen, the Chuck to my Billy, Tom Campbell. I am happy to be the Chuck to your Billy, sir. I'm annoyed that you've brought cake in with you. Like, you're deliberately triggering me. I that, feel triggered. That was
3: here when I got here. <laughs> I thought you
2: brought it. No, I ain't touched, I ain't touched cake since the great cake escape on Wednesday, last Wednesday. It was uh, if you haven't watched it, it's on the YouTube channel. Somebody, right? I had a message from from somebody in America, and oh, you know what? It always it always excites me when I see a picture of somebody's living room in America watching Cultaholic. I don't know why, but it was a lady in Chicago, and her and her husband were having a romantic night in, having their oh. dinner, <laughs> watching My <laughs> Cake Escape Challenge. <laughs> oh, bless! I know. This is why TV's dying. <laughs> oh, I, I saw are, that. People are watching. People are watching that. Yes. Thank right. you, though, Desi. Very kind.
3: Yes, they should be watching.
2: They should be watching. Normal like Game of Thrones costs millions to make. Like, invest time in that. Like the like that that massive battle episode. Greatest bit of television you've ever seen. And there's several thousand people watching me eat cake on a stream.
3: Well, in fairness, this was better lit.
2: <laughs> that that is true, sir. That you're is right. very true. They should be watching proper TV. Like Gogglebox Gogglebox. and Celebrity Gogglebox. (laughs) All the best programs. Matthew, um, how are you this week, sir?
3: I'm great. Uh, I did not bring that cake in, actually. You brushed your beard and I fell out. (laughs) God,
2: Um, I smelt like old butter for a good two days after that challenge. Old butter.
3: No doubt. And I'm doing very well, thank you. It's always a pleasure to get excuse to talk to you.
2: Yeah.
3: And the people said, you did a good job. I went, No. Tom did a good job,
2: <laughs> no, we and both, I was
3: behind him the whole way.
2: We both <laughs> did a It was a love. Thank you very much. We th- we we kind of put the idea out there that we don't quite know what form this is going to take, whether it's going to be me and Math just watch an episode of SmackDown and provide a commentary over the top, or whether we do an abbreviated like let's look back at it, akin to the cultaholic classic Raw review that I do with mm-hmm. Justin Henry. So we're kind of offering you both formats to decide which one you prefer. There's a radio station that did this a few years ago. They did uh, five formats in five days where like, they were a rock station on the Monday, oh. they were a country station on the Tuesday or whatever what? to decide which one the people liked. Okay. I think they went with the adult contemporary that plays Ed Sheeran. Funny that. Oh, <laughs> well. I think like most of them do. So we're offering you multiple formats to decide which one you prefer.
3: Yes, so we can blame you when you say it's crap.
2: Absolutely. So when it's when it gets downrated, downvoted on the podcast feed, then it's all your fault because right. you've chosen what we have.
3: So last week was the long form. This mm. one will be the edited version. We do not have SmackDown in front of us as we're New. talking. It turns out, actually, I think it would be a good idea. People would have enjoyed it last time because it was a bad commentary team of Cole <laughs> and Cornette. Now it's this week. It's Ross and Lawler for the first and only time. They won't mind us doing it this way. They may change their mind, but it's Laura and Cole. It's like, yeah. <laughs> let's wait no more time. Uh, let's get up to speed for context. This is the week after SummerSlam 99, which basically is where they put the Rocket on Triple H's back and light him up like at the end of Toy Story 1. So Austin refused, or politely declined, however you say that diplomatically, to lose the Triple H in the main event, saying he wasn't ready. However, it was then made a triple threat match, and Austin had no issues losing to Mankind. So on Raw the day afterwards, mankind they lost the title to Triple H. So got the original plan going just a day later, and this is SmackDown following that. And this is as the little promo video starts off the show, the proper "I am the Game" period yeah, for Triple
2: H. Yeah, this is the this is the uh, the the debut of the game Triple H. We yeah. he teased this on, I believe it was an episode of Sunday Night Heat when he was interviewed. Mm. And uh, I can't remember was it it was either Kevin Kelly or Michael Cole that were interviewing him. I, I like thought it was, it was, was Jim comp- Ross. Oh, it might have even been Jim Ross. Because well, they were
3: trying to do what Jim Ross did for Mankind in '87.
2: Ah, so it could have well been Jim Ross. But they did this whole bit, I remember I remember it clearly as a bell when H said, you know, everybody calls themselves students of the game. I am the bleeping in game. Which I thought was a great line. And uh, the the rumour mill has always suggested that was gonna be the 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 route for Owen Hart. Had he not tragically passed away, I'd heard that was that. always the rumor, that was always the speculation that Owen Hart was going to get the game shtick, which doesn't make any sense to me because, as we'll see, it's one of these weird storylines. Because
3: Russo was so heavily invested in, as I said last time, fan wanking <laughs> like Owen Hart as the Blue Blazer, the unplanned thing with Coco Beware coming back to feud with him because they'd been high energy and all up, up high off his head in the mm-hmm. terms of Coco Beware. That, it's actually age surprisingly all right because Triple H is talking about stuff that if you read the dirt sheets, you'd be familiar with, but not everybody in 99 in the crowd was familiar with. So in that interview there, it's important we talk about this, ladies and gentlemen, because this is pretty much the next few months. Yeah. Uh, Triple H talking about, I got punished for the curtain caller and all this. It's like, yeah, we know that now. He was. And it turned out to be one of the best business decisions ever be- mm-hmm. because he was punished and didn't winking the ring.
2: We got Austin three sixty. Yeah, it's true. Like, imagine. Like, I'm sure somebody has fantasy booked the idea of if there was no curtain call and if yeah. WWF had stayed the course, how different the world would have been. Would Triple H have got the belt in like '98? I know what 97. happened. '97. Triple
3: H would be here, going, oh, "Let me tell you,
2: <laughs> he'd be a cultaholic."
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. so this week on Raw. <laughs> well, you're, you used to wrestle, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that was that a company called WWF? Like, that's
2: right. Do you really remember that? Uh, what happened to them? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so, so okay. Um, so yeah. Question: uh, oh, We haven't on, planned him. this question for you. Okay. Oh, I love so, this. So, so Triple H got the game this gimmick, mm. uh, and uh, whether it was made for him, I don't know. So, uh, the speculation is, as we've said, it was for Owen Hart, who in 1999 could have also potentially fitted well with the game gimmick. From WWF's roster hmm. in
3: 1999. So we're now fancy and if Triple H
2: wasn't Yeah, there. if Triple H wasn't the game, and if Owen Hart wasn't the game, who could have potentially been the game? So oh, had somebody oh. with... It you know, has to be somebody question. with a little bit of... It, it could, well, you could You can could interpret it different ways. Like, I like the idea of, of, you know, and it might get balked at. I like the idea of giving that to something like, say, for example, if you're going to strap a rocket to test... Make Test the game. The whole idea being, like, the game has changed. I'm the new breed of WWF. Well, that would work.
3: The wordplay would be great. This is no longer a Test. This is the game. There you go.
2: There you go. The Test is over, and here's the game.
3: Sadly, Triple H... Triple H. Test did have a rocket strapped to him. A rocket named Steph.
2: He did indeed.
3: Actually, sadly for him, though, it would be a Roman candle.
2: (laughs) So who do you think, then? If it wasn't Triple H or Test? If it's
3: the game gimmick and the push... Yeah. A guy like Xbox, maybe.
2: Oh, okay.
3: A guy that's been around for so long as I never got my put I was in the clique. I carried yeah. the bags for the other dudes. I got punished for curtain Call, even though he wa- I don't believe X Pac was there. No, he wasn't. No,
2: no, no, he wasn't there.
3: But but there was <laughs> He couldn't get over the cage.
2: But wasn't there, wasn't there something about him because he was in that little group? Didn't he? He didn't get sacked, did he? Because oh, of what am I talking
3: about? It. He was in WCW. <laughs>
2: No, no. Had he got to WCW at that point? Yes. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So he can't have been part have. of it. He must have. He can't have been part of it. But it's No, still-
3: he didn't. No, because, no, I'm coming complete rubbish. I do apologize, ladies and gentlemen, for all the people instantly going into the messages to go, Matthew, <laughs> you're wrong. No, because Six was the NWO sixth member. The guys were in. Were the NWO that were leaving, so he couldn't have been there.
2: He can't have been, he can't have been the sixth member before the other two. Last, I don't up. know
3: where Sean Waltman was on the day the curtain call. <laughs> and now I feel like it's a smoking gun.
2: Ah. he was actually killing
3: Nicole Simpson.
2: <laughs> so you, so you're saying X-Pac then would have been a good, a good character, a, a good ambassador of the game for
3: the people who would start off at the bottom and gone all the way from the mid card to the top thing. I think ah. he's the only one there because they're already trying with. <laughs> Badass Billy Gunn. <laughs> and we'll get to that later on.
2: Oh, Billy Gunn could have been the... Oh, let's, not anyway. blink, let's not ponder on that. Okay, okay, anyway. interesting. Good, good, good pondering. If you, and By the way, he's at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Oh, that's right. Uh, any, any suggestions on who you think could have been the game?
3: We'd love to hear yeah,
2: it. Yeah, I'm intrigued.
3: Color me intrigued. Speaking of games, right now the big le- uh, big release... If you are bored of SmackDown, want to go out and buy something, is Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver.
2: Oh, okay. But
3: only the PlayStation One version. I it's- feel
2: like this is like a this is like a Chris Jericho ad in a podcast type link you're about to do. I feel like you're just like just slotting <laughs> that in. Yeah, it's been good. Now we had at AEW, and if you're having a good night, maybe get your dog some treats and go to this website. <laughs>
3: I'm not saying anything, but this cake to say thanks from EDOS. <laughs> <laughs> so happy, remember the who made that made that game. But yeah, uh, and for, there's a lot of Triple H, as we'll get to his little promo. Also, the, the debut of many, many opening segments of Triple H coming out and goes, oh. for all those that held me back, and you do realize that Triple H is definitely the guy that got his heart broken by Vince McMahon during high school and never got over it. <laughs>
2: he, really, he really does ham home the whole, look at me now, I've done yeah. really well for myself type thing in the opening promo. Incidentally, the video package that we kick off with uh, which talks, which which showcases the the rise to of Triple H winning the belt the night before. If you're like me and you're a little bit of a of a of a, of a, of a, of a not of, not like an audiophile, like you like certain <laughs> it music, sounds dirty it doesn't sounds it? Sounds it? filthy, doesn't it? But if you if you're like a if you're into music and sound and stuff like that, uh, the music they use in this video package is quite synonymous WWF stock music. Yes, and should you I don't know need it for a wedding. Or whatever, or maybe you want to, you know, be cremated to it. Uh, the song they use in the video package on the opening of Smackdown is Death Race by Darren Loveday. You're very welcome. Oh, that... That's lovely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Death Race by Darren Loveday. Oh, Jesse Ventura, special guest for free. Oh, SummerSlam 99.
3: That's good. But you know my favourite incidental bit of WF music? Oh, go on. Emergency Beat. It's used, be used, the... used to be used for the... It used to be used for the... Body's broken, instantly. It's like. Duh, 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 yeah! duh, duh, duh. Oh, it's so good, and it's it's on adverts. It's a recent advert that used it, and i will freaked out going, "I love this."
2: They're starting to release more of that stock music now through the uncaged. That's right. Uh, playlists on Spotify and things like that. It's
3: and really- I tell you what, I have realised. Why do I like it so much? Why do I recognise it so much? <laughs> it's my. It's my. The thing that wakes me up in the morning—it's my alarm. Is it your alarm? Yeah, legit. Oh God! Because that, that gives you a heart attack. Oh, they'll, they'll, they'll wake you up better than
2: an espresso. I kind of feel like the cage lowering theme would be a good alarm. <laughs> One more. It's also great music to make love to. That's now available. That skips ahead. And it's ass man. <laughs> <laughs>
3: anyway, the uh, Triple H basically uh how good he is. Yeah. How. Uh, The year 1999 for Triple H was him trying out different outfits to see which (laughs) one looked good. So he's not quite there, but we are building to Triple H becoming... The best he ever was.
2: Yeah, we're, we're, in, we're in, as I think this is the phrase I used quite a bit last week, in the embryonic stage, Ooh. with a lot of uh, big stars from the late 90s, the Triple H's. Uh, we've had long trousers, short trousers. Yep. Uh, we had, last time we saw him, which was the pilot episode in April, we had him in the WWF Attitude t-shirt looking like an absolute jobber.
3: That was so weird.
2: It was odd, when it? This time, bitch chain hey, male. Yes. Bit of chainmail on Triple H. Like a chainmail vest going on. And that WWF title belt suits him. It I think does. the belt suits him. That big, that the old chunky circle one.
3: Yeah, the chunky circle WWF <laughs> titles, as, as we call it.
2: Post-winged eagle. Yes. And
3: now we come out. We're there. Now The Rock interrupts. Very rude of him. Crowd goes mental. Yeah. We say that at 99, it's all right. And tells Triple H that if he's the game, he needs to go back to the drawing board.
2: Did this feel a bit like this This felt very much like Triple H being a highly generic heel and The Rock just getting he, Like He was almost like a, a breakwater for The Rock getting his catchphrases in. The Rock would go, I'm going to put this up your ass. The Triple H would go, you're not good enough to lace my shoes. Oh, another catchphrase. You're beneath me now. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, it just felt like Triple H was just doing a lot of generic bad guy shtick.
3: Actually, he was still getting it. He had the game bit. Yeah, they had that but it's it's all coming together he's all forming as you said oh, embryonic embryotic. we can see his head we don't know what gender he is yet <laughs> yeah. so and this is great for I said last time The Rock coming out and you're thinking every word he says was a t-shirt a slogan or something that you could buy something of so we've got the checklist here let me just get my pen and paper alright $800 t-shirt yep Candy ass, trademark. <laughs> Stick it sideways up your ass, trademark. That was twice for some he reason. Did.
2: He stuck two things up Triple H's ass, which made me feel like this promo was a little bit disjointed. Yeah. It felt quite disjointed because there was two occasions when Rock said, I'm going to put this up your ass.
3: Yeah, I'm took his gonna- shoe off and said, look, <laughs> I'm, this is how I'm going to do it. And just like, all right, okay, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would hurt. Uh, know your role, trademark. And shut your mouth, TM. Basically, all the subtitles for the upcoming SmackDown game. <laughs> yeah,
2: years. he's pretty much made a franchise in one promo.
3: Yeah. And again, he was. I love seeing this though. This was what I would wake up to on Smack, oh, SmackDowns, SmackDown Saturdays, as we called them. The day formerly known as just Saturday in my house as a kid. Well, Rocco and the people chant my name straight away. Aww. Pavlov's dogs are drooling.
2: Phenomenal. And the kind of like, yeah, we love chanting
3: Phenomenal. And then HBK, the Commissioner, hello, <laughs> with a Texas Wrestling Academy shirt, the dojo that gave us Daniel Bryan, Brian Kendrick, Paul London. And a load of good drug stories <laughs> shows up, and he is the active commissioner. We say active; right. he's the farthest thing from active. And this was the source of some news, I believe.
2: Well, uh, the, the the whole thing with Shawn Michaels at this point is he's sporadically on TV as the commissioner. He was a very low-acting commissioner, and he, I think, what's the, the polite, the polite PR way of saying it? He was struggling with demons at this point.
3: Well, Kane attacked him.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, he was. The word Kane was in there. Um, he, <laughs> he he was quite often toasted at this point. And like well, this is a few months. This is like we're, we're we're quite far down the road from WrestleMania 15, where he was meant to be more a focal part of WrestleMania 15. But he was was it WrestleMania? I, am I Am I crossing the streams? I'm sure he was meant to do more WrestleMania 15 than he did, but because he, was, he turned up in a bad way, they said, nah, mate, go home.
3: The next few years, every news story about Shawn Michaels was, he was supposed to be a big part of this show, yeah. but stuff happened, and it's, I think you were saying it's because contract issues.
2: There was a combination of, obviously, Shawn Michaels fighting demons, and uh, according to Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer, uh, around about this time, There was an issue between WWF and Shawn Michaels because WWF were paying Shawn Michaels a full salary and they had been doing so for several years, but he was not on the road anymore because he injured his back. So they wanted to change his contract to pay him less. And Shawn Michaels said, well, no, I was injured in your ring, so I've got this contract with you. I'm not signing a new one where you pay me less money. so there was a bit of a sticking point and they and that's why Shawn Michaels would sometimes pop up on TV and then sometimes not. he was actually the commissioner I think until like 2000 but because he was on there so sporadically, people didn't know because yeah it, it was because he handed the baton to mankind to make Foley, yeah, say, yeah. to McFoley to become the commissioner and that wasn't until 2000 and i seem to remember a handful of occasions where he popped up and, and and did stuff i think he did something like i remember him appearing on on a big screen and making a lot of matches for members of the union against the ministry yeah. so it might have been before this bit but yeah we had time for Shawn michaels which is really sad because like even in this little bit here there was still a lot of a law with him, and I feel like if he was in a good place, he would have made a really nice addition to the to to, to WWF, you know. And and we'll talk more about sort of how the show ends, and we can even get into a bit of fantasy booking territory from that. Ooh. But yeah, he wasn't in the uh, wasn't he the greatest of places at no, this point? Absolutely not. It comes out, and as the commissioner, he
3: has power to do things, so he makes himself the special guest referee for tonight's match between The Rock and Triple H. Then Shane McMahon comes out and realizes he also has power and thinks that he'll make himself the double referee. And so Shawn Michaels goes, no, my power overranks you. Uh, I'm making it you versus mankind tonight. And like a lot of stuff around this era, if you stop and think about it and you go, wait, hang on. So does the commissioner have more power than the boss's son? Wasn't he in the corporate? But they, it just it helps, like Austin Powers, if you don't think about it too much. They
2: kind of, I mean, I mean to be fair, Shawn Michaels attempted to, 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 to legitimize it by saying that because Shane McMahon had competed in a WWF match, it made him an active member of the WWF roster, and mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels had the power to book members of the WWF roster in matches against one another. So That's therefore, fine. therefore, he was an active member of the roster, so therefore, he could book the match.
3: But then you get In the feeling theory. with Shane McMahon, you get the feeling, that, yeah, I'm the boss's son, so I have the power to say really sod off.
2: Exactly. <laughs> he could have done. It. This this whole I just there was like this was an iconic opening segment to SmackDown for yes. several reasons. Um but gosh, near the end it felt messy. Because it was like Shawn Michaels made the announcement, they hit his music, and then suddenly Shane McMahon appears in the ring. So obviously he sprinted from the ground. Going, whoa, whoa, stop the music! No, because I'm the referee now yeah. as well. And then Shawn went, "No, you're having a match later." And then Mankind then comes out, which which um, I'm I'm stepping on you here, but then Mankind comes out. Uh, it just this whole opening bit just felt cluttered.
3: I'd say it worked all right, because like I said, if you stop and think about it and overanalyze it, like we're doing, <laughs> <laughs> then it's, it's stupid. But it's just getting to the point, like, oh, this is happening because I said so on the commission. All right, fine. If it's a means to an end, it's yeah. not the worst thing in the world. It's like, we're booking this on the fly. Here's the opening segment. For a TV audience, it's like okay, I'm just tuning in after whatever's just been on before this. I don't know the Fem Nikita if that was show, on the air. <laughs> yeah. Um. So like, all right, cool. That's the main event. I might stick around if this is interesting to me. I might not. So I think it's very important. And it's yeah, it's just like, hey guys, if you haven't seen a wrestling show before, I'm the good Kamish. He's the bad. Yeah. Commish, son of the Vince, whatever he's supposed to be. I don't think it's that bad. Or but cl- then political. I think
2: you. Got, but then also like, I think I think we were far more forgiving in this era because. This is the debut of SmackDown on UPN, right? If NXT kicks off like this on USA in a couple of weeks, we'll all hit the roof. Like, this is just what a cluttered way to start NXT. Adam Cole comes out and says, I am the NXT champion! Mm -hmm. And uh, and then have, like, Regal come out. Listen, Bloody Air Sunshine. And then have uh, uh, Miles Jordan come out. And then have... It would just be uh, it would be cluttered, but because it's the attitude era, this is kind yeah. of this is kind of the attitude era in a nutshell. Just a lot of talking and and, and a little bit of little bit of controlled chaos.
3: because yeah. because also you have to remember this is '99. We can't go on Twitter and go, well, this is the this is the match card tonight.
2: That's <laughs> true, actually. As,
3: moving on to this, Mankind comes out, and I'd forgotten how funny this guy was during this period from like '98 yeah. to '99. But it's funny because he's saying stuff that I think is hilarious, and no one's popping for it because I think they're not realising the humour or satire to it and taking it at face value, because it's just the wrong crowd for his it. humour. Yeah. So Mankind comes out and goes, why do today when you can hold off tomorrow? No, Pop.
1: <laughs> As I adjust
3: the Salvation Army shirt and loosen this tie the WF gave me for free? No, Pop. While the dozens, uh, very mild, and dozens of fans chant my name, Mankind. M- it's, it's it's. I mean, Mankind really was... Uh, very underrated as a, I said humorous there. I remember ninety eight specifically when it was oh, was it breakdown was the three way between him Rock and Shamrock and he did a promo backstage where he says he can't wait to get rid of Shamrock in this match because Ken Shamrock promos are the third leading reason for teen suicide in America. Oh! And it was like Jesus Christ, but the crowd's like. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> I remember it was a um, it was a Mankind promo in nineteen ninety eight SummerSlam when um, he was in a handicap tag match against the outlaws mm. and vince said like you know you're going to make history you're going to be you're going to win this handicap match in madison square garden and then he got all hyped up and he said well i've got 15 words for the outlaws mm. how much wood could a wood chuck <laughs> yeah. chuck, if I wood, chuck, could chuck wood, it was he was a very funny guy the the thing i remember from this time because we were you know and, and we were the beginnings of, of mankind and the rock as this uh as this sort of uh odd couple tag team yeah And the one thing that, and we'll talk more about this as we get into uh, the whole Rock and Sock connection shtick, but the one thing that always frustrated Foley, he talked about this in his book, was that Rock gave him nothing. Like, Rock never cracked. When, When Mick was making the jokes and trying to, like, buddy up with the Rock, he never smiled, he never offered him any kind of... He, he never bit on anything. And there was one moment years after that when they were doing a segment in the ring and Foley said something and The Rock smiled at him. And Mick was like, That was all I needed in '99 was just that little, little something, a little bit of bite back. But that. And the argument made, is,
3: that's that's why that's it works. That's why it was funny. Bank iron's like, woo, 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 and Rock's just like, like an Easter Island statue almost compared to the. That, that, that's why it yeah, worked. Yeah,
2: I think it was. But I think. I, I, I agree. I don't know whether. There was, some, that you could have maybe done more if Rock had maybe I'd given a bit more. I don't know. There was, I remember there was one moment where the Rock's glasses fell off in a promo.
3: Yeah, they cut and, that out, but it was on the "Do Funniest
2: Moments." I think it's brilliant. I, I'm sad they cut that out. I thought it was like, the, and the fact that the, the Rock just stood there, Mick just put them back on him, and they yes. just, the Rock thank you. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's yeah. to come. That's but then,
3: come. like I said, like just obviously we're talking loads about the, the preamble here, but <laughs> it's gonna be longer than the watch along. But when it would work later on, when. Mankind's like need assistance, like at Royal Rumble 2000. He's like he's handcuffed, which you know all about, Tom. Oh, yes. And Triple H about to get him, then Rock comes out. nah, it's my friend. I yeah. respect him. Hits him a chair and then leaves. It's like, it's, a, it's like it's a nice like. I don't come out wearing a Mankind T-shirt, but he's my he's, he's my, my guy. He's my mate. Anyway, let's go on the rest of them. Brawl breaks out between all four men until the Mean Street posse interfere and they play the role of red shirts.
2: (laughs) They really do. These are
3: the red shirts from Star Trek, not in Disneyland.
2: I love that they're all in like casts. They're all still, they're all still paggard from the SummerSlam.
3: They worked hard. And then the first match proper, Double J, Jeff Jarrett with Deborah and Miss Kitty. That's right. He has two values versus Billy Gunn.
2: Now, just as we're recapping Raw, um, We see, you know, the the why. Really, we see why this match is happening in the little recap from Raw. Yeah, here's why. Because oh, you've got it.
3: No, no, I want to do the here's why Simon Miller thing. (laughs) Sorry, it's instinct now. Talk about Pavlovian earlier. It's like why?
2: Me hitting my head.
3: (laughs) Double Y Simon Miller. (laughs) So yes, uh, backstage on Raw, there'd be an open contract to wrestle the Intercontinental Champion, which is Double J. Billy Gunn would go, oh boy, goody, I'll just go get my pen.
1: <laughs> and then China
3: would sign it when he wasn't around. Oh my god. And so Billy and China would face off. Jeff Jarrett would El Kabong China. Oh, he walloped her, didn't he? Yep.
2: Absolutely walloped her with that guitar on
3: Raw. Right, and Woo! out of revenge, Billy would El Jarrett. As like last week. The opening match has more gimmicks than James Bond's car.
2: <laughs> it's just this is what we loved about Attitude Era was everything was just cluttered.
3: Sto- like we like, looked at the uh, pilot episode a few months ago, stuff was happening,
2: <laughs> and there was a
3: reason for it.
2: It was more. It was probably more ADHD than probably Raw Ro- and SmackDown is now. Like in, in, oh, no, in, abso- in the Twitter absolutely. era, and yeah. I mean, and I don't mean ADHD in like a disparaging way. I mean more the case of. It's catering to an audience. Ordi- it's catering to an audience which doesn't, that can't hold attention. If you mm-hmm. see what I mean, it's that kind of that kind of thing. And it, whereas this one clearly was in a similar yeah. vein.
3: And I'm realizing I'm putting notes on there. This is a very important era because we're coming out of crash TV formula because Vince Russo was very against the idea of SmackDown sort of being thrust upon him uh, with no pay increase. and I thought, sorry, I believe he got pay increase, <gasps> yeah. but it was. It was the fact that he now, oh, great. I'm booking another show now with no no warning. I'm going to see my kids less.
2: The you know, but the the the, um, the the kicker, the thing that finished Vince Russo off was when he went to Vince I've heard and story, said, yeah. um, "I can't. You now want me to book a whole extra show? Like I've I've got no life as is no, And you know, I you know, I've got my kids." And Vince McMahon's response was, "Why didn't you get a nanny?" <laughs> That I is mean, a guy yeah. who is it, whose entire life is his work, in it? Just get a nanny, mate.
3: <laughs> My kids turned out all right. He's like, oh, all right, bye.
2: <laughs> <And that laughs> Hello, Bischoff. I think it was shortly after that, that that Russo had a chat with Ted and the boys and yep. went over the road. Yeah.
3: It turned out to be a very good thing for to, be the, long to, the, run, to like. the
2: point where people thought he's still working for the WWE oh, I mean how great he, is that he's gone in to just blow the company up from the inside he's a double agent <laughs> imagine being so bad that people think you're a double agent yeah <laughs> I love that people
3: thought that for me for a while they thought like what culture sent me here to ruin the <laughs> podcast
2: <laughs> I think people think I've come from WrestleTalk <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's good when you just say the truth <laughs> and there's a laugh. Ha,
2: ha, ha.
3: Uh, Matthew winks at Tom Tom winks at Hail Hydra <laughs> anyway <laughs> Some wrestles <laughs> happens as I've written down here, because there's so much plot happening. The wrestling is actually secondary, which is fine because all this just waiting to see what happens at the end. I've liked the last book in the Harry Potter series, and China takes out Deborah with a guitar. Uh, Billy Gunn wins via a schoolboy, but then afterwards Billy Gunn is still not quite okay with China because he's still bit, he's bitter Billy uh, from China taking the title shot to begin with. So he tries to moon her, but Chilo blows him. Crowd pops because a man got hit in the genitalia.
2: I love that whole bit there where Billy Gunn, so angry with China, just drops his pants. Oh yeah! Next to Feast your eyes, and China just low blows. That's just it's it's so childish. Do you think if it's Shakespearean
3: it's... period, Billy Gunn would be like, "I bite my thumb at thee, China." I
2: bite my ass at thee, China. <laughs>
3: I wave my private parts in your general yeah. direction.
2: <laughs> oh gosh, I think that was a um, that was a brave and a Monty Python reference in 45 seconds. That is that's that's a cocktail. That's record, right. I As think. I
3: drink my cup of tea, remembering that I am British.
2: <laughs>
3: anyway. Then x Xbox with their mashup theme, which I'd forgotten all about Tom.
2: Yeah. And for those that
3: don't remember this period, it does the. I believe it's. Organs, just the organs for Kane. The and purple organs.
2: Break it down. <laughs> break it down.
3: Yeah, that's, I like that.
2: Before we got there, before we get there, we had some bits backstage that I think. Oh
3: God, yes, I've scrolled down too much. I no, beg your no, pardon. no,
2: don't you no, but that, that's the next match. That is the next match. we had um,
3: still the culmination.
2: We had a, we had a WWF.com report. <laughs> From WWF.com, download this. Download this. Download some porn. No, Tom, I mean you, Tom
3: you got to point at your groin. Download, download this. this. There we go. That works in an audio Points format. Point that groin. <laughs> Winking at Matthew again.
2: <laughs> Hail Hydra.
3: Hail this.
2: Hail this, Hydra.
3: Sorry, what were you saying, Tom?
2: Um, WWF.com report. Um, they've reported that Boss Man still has pepper. Al Snow's pet chihuahua. This is peak attitude era, this is. Al Snow's dog's been kidnapped by the big boss man.
3: Prop comic Al Snow, relying on his head, now a dog. (laughs) And then later on, I believe there was Pierre, the the moose head. Either we've passed that period or about to come to it.
2: Pierre, I think, I'm sure Pierre replaced head for a while. Right. Because head... (laughs) I love this conversation, by the way. Oh, wow. this uh, This is, again, peak attitude era. Head got an, a nail, like a railroad spike. I remember that, yes. Driven through him. Yes. So it said, and uh, do you know what? I quite like this. This was quite an interesting time for Al Snow. Al Snow had, it had her head, the mannequin head. Bossman drove a railroad spike through it, so, and it sent Al a little bit wacky. Which is cool,
3: because he was saying before.
2: Yeah, but he, he was like, he was like twitchy and aggressive and all this stuff Now and, and it was like every so often he'd like wince in pain. Love that. And then I think Pierre came along, which was the moose head. and and, and then Pepper came along which was Al Snow's pet dog. And, like, you know, using mm. dog therapy, like, the dog was was making Al Snow a better person. And then Bossman, who, who is just a phenomenal dick at this point, <laughs> nothing else other than a phenomenal dick, nicks Al Snow's dog. <laughs> and now he's holding him hostage.
3: And it's really, like, you know what, like bad 90s action film they have to have a bit where it's like we have to show that the bad guy's a bad guy it's yeah like, yeah it's having to kidnap a dog
2: <laughs> yeah it's true is it? <laughs> it's,
0: <laughs> it's, it's
2: your most basic it's your most basic yeah.
0: millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads
2: generally for most people are the easy button right
3: And then, after that, if that wasn't enough to keep you grilled to the screen, Jericho, making his SmackDown debut, well, so is everyone making their SmackDown debut here, making Howard Finkel clean his shoes. (laughs) Because they saw Jericho with Ralfus, they thought, we'll have a bit of that.
2: We've got a Ralfus.
3: (laughs) We've got the Aldi Ralfus and Howard Finkel. (laughs)
2: The Aldi Ralfus. That's
3: right. But don't let that track from Kane and X-Pac, probably gone through that, versus Big Show and Undertaker, a.k.a. the, uh, a.k.a. Said that horribly, didn't AKA I? The... AKA, AKA, the unholy alliance, and I'd forgotten that they had their own theme together. Isn't
2: it the best?
3: It's very underrated. I
2: yeah, it is a proper underrated theme. The unholy alliance music, Big Show and Undertaker. This is sort of post corporate ministry. The corporate ministry is yes. dissolved at this point, and <coughs> we. I'm sad that we've missed it. We have already had. The 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 promo that introduces the unholy alliance, which was kind of gone down in history. Is it the? Me.
3: Is it? It is. Go on. You know the one. I do.
2: Which is the one where I can't remember it word for word, but this is where <laughs> Undertaker reveals that he sent <laughs> he sent Big Show into the desert. Yes. To to find to find his way out of the desert, like to toughen him up, and he he emerged from the desert. Wearing snake skin boots that he presumably fashioned himself. And was he carrying a motorbike on his shoulders?
3: Again, I haven't seen that promo <laughs> in about 10 years. and I think that's, that's word for word correct, Tom. <laughs> Absolute insane. Amazing. It was up there with the, the Hogan promo about, I'll, put, I'll body slam Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 4. The Trump Plaza will crack in half. And then I'll dog paddle <laughs> us all the safety.
2: It was up there with that. It's
3: just a, a great promo. Just the wrong period of history to be doing
2: it. <laughs> Absolutely. And also... What a weird time.
3: The I didn't realize this because, like you said, the corporate ministry was dissolved by August 2nd. And like I said, the last time we did this was the pilot episode of SmackDown. Where they debuted. Yeah. A lot has happened in yeah. a, a month and a bit. It's like... This is how fast-moving the pace of the show is. It could be two years or two months. Can like read, read all the storylines. Yeah. So no more corporate ministry. we dissolved uh, by Shane. So we have the Unholy Lines, which I didn't realize also technically featured Midian and Viscera. Were they in the gang? But not the Acolytes. Were they in the gang? According to Wikipedia, and it never lies to me. Okay. So I think Shane McMahon must have had custody of the Acolytes in the uh, settlement. So instead they've got Midian and Viscera, and someone has a sign in the crowd that says, fire Midian and Viscera. <laughs> They're not on the show.
2: I think... I think the reason that Wikipedia says that, and I might be wrong, I'm sure there was a a tag match. No, what it was, what it was, there was a there was Triple H was meant to face this isn't and we'll get to this down the road. There was the build build up to the six-pack challenge. And there that's was right. like, one oh, yeah. night on SmackDown where like Triple H goes through like the twelve uh, trials of Hercules. That's that's where sorry. he has to face every single opponent he's facing in the six-pack challenge. And he's meant to face the Undertaker in a casket match. Yeah. But the Undertaker is knackered, and 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 he is he is he is routinely knackered throughout this the autumn years of 1999. So he got Midian and Viscera to replace him in that match. So Triple H faced Midian and Viscera in a handicap match. So I wonder whether that's where Wikipedia's got the whole thing from. You might be right there, Tom. I can't
3: wait to see the following week's SmackDown to see if we're right. <laughs> so and also. Uh, I, I like this, but watching the big old Titantron, or whatever they call the SmackDown version, it was the t- Titantron, It was still right? Titantron,
2: yeah, because it's, it's Titans, but yeah. still, isn't it? Just, I don't know, like the SmackDown,
3: nah, it's stupid, isn't it?
2: Titantron.
3: I'd spotted, I don't know why I popped for this, one of the people that Big Show's given the showstopper chokeslam to is Tiger Ali Singh.
2: Is it? I looked and oh. went, like, that can't
3: be right. I went, yeah. There's only one man big enough and stupid enough to be taking a chokeslam like that, and it's like... I can't believe I saw him.
2: Wow. One of the
3: worst wrestlers of all time. <laughs> so I'm happy to see him get be the recipient of the chokeslam. I think the other people in some of the other Titans runs, are guys like the Blue Meanie. So I think they had like, all right, well, we don't want the big guys in yeah. Titans run every week. Let's have Tiger Ali sing. Anyway, so Big Show was playing the student to Undertaker's master, which was half a shoot, as it turns out, watching all these documentaries about the Big Show, because Big Show, <laughs> well, the shade being thrown at WCW here, the giant... Headlined many a WWE pay per view, had hundreds of matches. Comes to WF and they go, "Wow, you're really bad and untrained."
2: <laughs> wasn't like his, wasn't his second match ever against Hogan?
3: No, his first match.
2: <laughs> oh, Dub see dub, man. See it. I mean, w- maybe the w- point. <laughs> I mean, WWE guilty of it as well. You're tall. That's a personality trait.
3: Yeah, yeah. All these things where they go, "Aha, stupid WCW. And then even Finlay said, yeah, we hired great Carly. We, wa- we didn't watch him wrestle first. We just saw him.
2: We just saw him and went, wow. He said, we
3: probably should have seen him wrestle
2: first. So, so yeah, they're Big kind of Ch- backtracking with Big Show a bit at this point, aren't they? Because they've hired yes. him and they've gone, we need to sort of get him up to speed very quickly. So hang out with Mark for a bit.
3: Yeah, and then Big Show said in many interviews that when he'd come backstage, Undertaker would be there. Say, don't do that again. Do this or whatever yeah. and be angry at him. So now it's on TV. It's like, because he's almost coaching him. He's <laughs> almost calling spots to him. And so, again, I don't know what part of this is. But the wonderful period of wrestling is supposed to be real. and supposed to be a work.
2: Yeah, it's a bit art imitating life. I don't oh, think it's eight, eight, eight seconds in like, That's
3: it. Beautiful. And this is a three-way match. The, the acolytes are in this. And there's no mention made of, like, are they aligned with Undertaker anymore? No. So no one follows that in. So I'm assuming they're not. And there's lots of fast action here. This three-way title You tag know match.
2: what? It's a hot and heavy it's triple threat tag match for the titles.
3: And the highlight being it's a cool bit where show goes to powerbomb X Pac, so he has him in the powerbomb position, and the acolytes only A APA at this point attacked until he fell down, then kicked X Pac, <laughs> so he <laughs> got powerbomb from the end position, and the crowd goes
2: Ooh! <laughs> 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 All in unison. Yeah, Ooh!
3: <laughs> Giant pop, hurricanes, hot hot house of fire comeback. I re- Typed that out. I thought it was funny in my head. And, <laughs> and Undertaker in and commentary uh, at the uh, raw JR, goes, that's your brother, Undertaker. What, well, Mr. Beat?
2: Earth oh, brother. Her brother. <laughs> he was very grumpy at ringside, wasn't he, Undertaker, during this whole match? He was very grumpy. Leg was killing him. <laughs> also, his
3: back was killing him from carrying Big Show.
2: <laughs>
3: and then it, it showed the clips before the match were what happened at SummerSlam. There was a bit of a chant between Undertaker and Big Show.
2: I liked that bit at SummerSlam, oh. where he put the one boot on Xbox, and Xbox kicked out, and the place lit up. And it was like whoa! And even I remember watching yeah, it because yeah. this is such a cool time. I remember being a fan, at, like age fifteen, of this. I remember watching Summerslam and like watching X-Pac kick out of the chokeslam, going, "Oh my god, dude, come on, you're gonna do it!"
3: Yeah, then Undertaker's the not annoyed. Tags himself in, gives him a tombstone and pins him properly. Yeah, and, he's like, oh. and then so, just
2: storms off. So the great storyline here,
3: yeah. So a picture didn't get the pin on X-Pac because he did a one-footed pin. Here he listened to Undertaker, who stops commentating to go, "No, hook the hook the leg." <laughs> And make sure you don't kneel for the anthem. <laughs> and then, so Big Show, when he does pin x Park, hooks a leg and they win. It's
2: like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you
3: <laughs> literally seen him learn as he goes along. But
2: there was a bit, there was a bit before, just before that where Big Show got knocked out of the ring mm-hmm. and uh, an undertaker calls him over. To give him a pep talk, and Undertaker slaps the taste out of Big Show's mouth, like properly slaps him, and then Big Show just like grunts and gets back in the ring, like again art imitating life. You know for a fact that Undertaker is just going, just be good at wrestling, God's sake. Be better. Tough, really tough love.
3: Yeah, it's good seeing the green rookie, former WWE World Heavyweight <laughs> Champion,
2: <laughs> David Arquette. <Yeah. laughs> um, no, it was a tough. So, yeah. It was a tough. I felt feel for the Big Show because he was. He was really thrown into it, and hes they flip-flopped on him so many times. But he's uh, this—he was in terms of like the fitness level, he was at his best here. Like he looked menacing. He looked great. But it was just there was just a, that lack of experience missing. And I like the fact that Undertaker was legit training him. I like that a lot.
3: Yeah, I like that they bought him almost like Pachidi buying that dodgy bunch of wish stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, this would be great. Oh, hang on. You're rubbish. This is all rubbish. You're just seven foot.
2: I've made a terrible mistake.
3: I didn't realize they stack poo that high. (laughs) Big Boss Man comes out. He has Al Snow's dog. He has him. He's holding him hostage. And from this... He wants a hardcore title shot.
2: Wow. I think this is the most love the hardcore championship has ever got when Bossman came out and said, you can have your dog back if I get a shot at the hardcore yeah. championship, Al.
3: And Bossman says, look, win, lose, or draw. I just want the hardcore title shot. I'll give you back the dog. Like, all right. And it's it's done seriously. And the crowd's like somber for the SmackDown era. And then after this, all this like, no, please give me back my dog. I love my dog. It goes, all right, after the break, I'll wrestle you. it cuts the law and he goes, Unforgiveness brought to you yeah. by Magic the
2: Gathering. <laughs> I love that. I, lo- I put that down as well, that juxtaposition <laughs> between this is something terrible happened to a man's dog. Anyway, do we ever? are sponsored. To SmackDown is sponsored by Magic the Gathering. We'll never, we'll never dig on Chris Jericho again for subtle adverts in his podcast because there's nothing subtle about this. But the, this is a funny <laughs> time. I, I miss. Like, I like when this happens on live shows. I, I find it really funny to hear the commentators. Like hitting these lines about things. Like, I oh, will never forget Jim Ross. It was like, Well, we I mean, WWE sponsored by delicious, fruity, fruity. Oh, yeah. Delicious, fruity. Oh my God, they're so fruity, Stone Cold. Skittles. I, I love stuff like that.
3: I think what I've learned about WWE the is there was probably some in the background. No, do it again, do it more. Like, just raving and go, go, more. Well, All right, fine. Yeah. My God, my God, they're fruity. Oh my God. <laughs> oh so, my
2: God, they're so fruity.
3: So I think Lola has got like, All right, calm down, Chief. <laughs> so Lola gets to look after Pepper because it's only a kid. Make your own jokes.
2: You'd need some. You're perfect. You'd need some kind of sort of advisory notice to do this in 2019, wouldn't you? You could could you imagine them doing a dog napping storyline in 2019? Like you'd have you'd have Peter and the RSPCA like beating down the door of WWE if you did like like you'd have to have a dog handler at ringside to hold Pepper, not give it to Jerry Lawler. (laughs) Like what if that dog? All I'm thinking is what if that dog gets away? I'm sorry, the dog was muzzled. (laughs) <laughs> and that felt it, this. It did feel a bit unsettling. Like are you. Like I know they're using a real dog, but it was just like this. This poor dog. Like because you've got to bear in mind. Like dogs don't know this is a program. <laughs> the dog in Frasier didn't know it was a TV show. The dog in Fraser thought he lived with he lived with Martin Crane. Sometimes
3: just thought the ha- the house was badly made. Yeah. Hang on. This half of bit like there's these people staring.
2: Dogs don't know it's telly. Papa didn't know.
3: I have just realised, it's like,
2: yeah, they, they if Bossman muzzled a chihuahua, yeah, and what's he going to do? I just realised that was a joke, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, hey, don't get bitten by that. Bossman's big complaint was, oh, he bit me, so I'm keeping him. It's like, it's a chihuahua, mate. He don't know what's going on. <laughs> a chihuahua on. bit thing. me. thing. It's a it's Did a the dog concept. actually pee on Jerry Lawler? Jerry Lawler made a big fuss on Coventry Comprintl- going, oh, here we go, get me a napkin. So I'd like to think the dog legit peed on Jerry Lawler.
3: That's that's hope so. It's kayfabe. It's kayfabe. Yeah, we didn't see it, but it happened. Yeah. Uh, ladders, chairs, and for some reason I've typed, they call me cookie sheet, and the king of the Romba beat. <laughs> I don't know why I typed that, to be honest. That's not a,
2: you, you are not a good at sentence. this point.
3: <laughs> chick, chicky, boom, chick, chicky, boom. <laughs> Snow <laughs> takes a hell of a bump getting dunked off a ladder. Uh, it didn't really make a lot of sense, but it looked, it was a hellish for a two minute hardcore title match it on SmackDown. It was quite bitter,
2: wasn't it? Yeah. It was quite aggressive. It
3: was doing quite a lot of crazy stuff at this point. And then, so, remembers wait, why am I bothering with Bossman? My puppy's over there. Let me yeah. go get him. So, Bossman twats him with the nightstick to win the title, then runs off with the puppy anyway.
2: Takes the dog, and Jim Ross is outraged. It, outraged. Absolutely. He's taking the damn dog! <laughs> Hey. I miss you, Jim Ross, on comms. Like really like, really, like full fat late night is Jim Ross. You know, <laughs> he's pretty chilled. He's pretty chill Jim Ross these days. Yeah. Like even in the midst of like a crazy ladder match, he's pretty chill Jim Ross yeah. these days. I
3: think Lola as well, like getting behind Bossman gave him legitimacy because Lola would always get behind Vince Mann and triple H everybody else. Yeah. So they're treating us serious. Like he's still on the dog. Yeah. Like the bastard. There's, <laughs> no, there's like nowadays you'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> like I can see you can almost hear Corey Graves like Smirking through his commentary, horse oh, stolen the dog, but he will have to look after him, mind, you know. And then it's a nice thing to do, look after a dog you've stolen. You know? <laughs> what if what if the dog ends up falling in love with Big Boss Man, you know? <laughs> so ransom, a thriller starring Al Snow as Mel Gibson and Big Boss Man as Gary Sinise, <laughs> who's a big, who's a bad guy in everything he's ever been. Have you seen that film, by the way?
2: I haven't seen Ransom, but I know what you're referencing. Give me back my dog. <laughs> Pepper made Al Snow weak. Is the story that we've got from this? The dog made Al oh. Snow weak. I think that's what we're learning. Like, because he's he lost his focus because he, has, he hasn't got his dog. Is Pepper
3: the urn to Al Snow's Undertaker? Pepper
2: is Al Snow's urn, and that that <laughs> the idea. Of Pepper being in an urn is something that becomes alarmingly accurate in weeks to come. Oh man, this is, this yeah. is a horror. You know what? Because because I love dogs. Like I've 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 grown to love dogs in my, in my mid thirties. And like I, I know we like to show Alex little bits of my good lady. Alex like bits of the wrestling that we watch. I couldn't. Sh- I don't think I could show her this. I think she'd be too angry that like there was a real dog used in a storyline yeah. in the wrestling world. I think, I think you said be beforehand, curious.
3: like we can't have dogs in wrestling and dog kidnapping storylines. I think that's one of the few things that would get the crowd to actually boo someone. Can you imagine? If- oh my days! <gasps> Even a smart crowd like Chicago aren't going to go like, yeah, kidnap the dog. That's not, that's not, that's not going to happen. They're going to be like, you, 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 Jericho. You're evil.
2: Jericho kidnaps Pharaoh, <gasps> ahead of full gear. Oh my days! Give the dog a little bit Pharaoh of the The Pharaoh is Jericho, baby. <laughs>
3: God, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? You did, what, they do the Ric Flair? Macho man thing. Pharaoh was mine before she was yours. <laughs> there's
2: a... There's a... There's a photo... There's a of Jericho <laughs> with Pharaoh. <laughs> Some great Photoshop. John! John, can you Photoshop Chris Jericho with Pharaoh the yeah. dog? Thanks, mate. She's damaged goods, Cody. <laughs> I'd suggest that Jericho shagged Pharaoh. I can't God. believe, like, they
3: Savage probably backstage punching lockers when he heard Blair <laughs> say that, like, "damaged goods."
2: Oh man, that's amazing. Speaking of
3: damaged goods, uh, Test waits for Stephanie's marriage proposal. Oh,
2: how lovely! And again,
3: last time we were watching SmackDown, Test hadn't even joined the union yet. And then the <laughs> union—the only thing I remember them doing was they all won. I believe it was the Over the Edge pay-per-view, which obviously has been forgotten. They won a match, a tag match, yeah. and then they all got something from a McMahon
2: yeah they won the eight-man tag which meant that they all got like a wish yeah they all got a match of they all got a match they wanted and... like,
3: did Ken Shamrock beat up Shane I can't remember the rest
2: uh, Shamrock beat up Shane Big Show I'm sure Big Show got Undertaker
3: that makes sense
2: Big Show faced Undertaker that was when he got when he choked under Undertaker through the ring oh and obviously the Holy Alliance happened well, shortly after
3: but then test yeah on a match with
2: Stephanie Oh yeah! And he pump handle slams her through a table, <laughs> <laughs> and it goes in a really weird direction. <laughs> no, he, he says, I I want I want Stephanie McMahon, and yeah. then Steph comes out. I genuinely wish, like in history, just boot. Yep. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. So then he <laughs> he um and then, and then they, he says, oh my match is I don't want a wrestling match. I want to take you on a date. Yeah. So they go on a date, and and now we are a few months down the road, and and we're the day before he proposed to her. I, Wow. a couple of days before he proposed to her it. it's good like, doing
3: this time skip Jesus Christ like, but in the it's... meantime Shane McMahon because obviously everyone plays different roles here
2: yeah
3: is furious at the idea of a, a McMahon getting with a filthy wrestler <laughs> yeah. and so we get the Montagues and Capulets and it's it's really good though this, I mean the storyline's easily the highlight of Tess's career I mean I don't, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that apart from Absolutely. that thrilling Bobby Lashley match out the Rumble one year <laughs> but yeah the Tess versus Shane McMahon match at SummerSlam oh, it's still talking about to Lever this day match. Yeah, and it's oh. and what a great people could really suck on this. Mm. Why would I say it like that? But they really could. No, it's <laughs>
2: true. You're right. though. They, they can suck on this. They can <laughs> yummy down on this.
3: The attitude there <laughs> was rubbed off on me. I do apologise. <laughs> but yeah, this is a hell of a storyline. And oh, sorry, I was just backstage. Meanwhile, in reality, Road Dog comes out. Most, oh, I mean, this man just would say the dumbest stuff. And get it
2: over. As Road Dog was coming out, we see a little bit backstage. I don't know whether you saw this on yours. Oh, go on. With X-Pac walking away from the arena, very upset that he they didn't win the belts back. And he's going, I, I'm the weak link in our team, Kane. I'm the weak link. You don't need me. And then Kane, who is now talking like a human, as X-Pac's walking away, just shouts, Sean! <laughs> Which is so not Kane. Just to go, Sean! Calls him short. I don't
3: remember that. Uh, I must have skipped that. I do apologize. But yeah. uh, funny enough, though, that, that, that goes even further. It did show clips when it was like, oh, on Raw. And so happened between Big Show and, and Undertaker. It showed clips of Kane on commentary. I'm like,
2: what? <laughs> what do <laughs> you think about that? What's your favorite? What's your favorite? un uh, uncane like Kane moment? Mine oh, was. Oh, I know. Go on. Oh,
3: no, no, go on yours. I think we might have the same one. Later on, when Tori was with Kane. Yeah. Oh, I forget exactly. I think it was a bit where Mankind, ah, sorry, I remember now, Mankind had fake Mankind with Midian, and Mankind, uh, t- he tied him up. And then Mankind just went to go up to Tori and went, Hey, Tori. And decided to say a load of dirty stuff to her. So she'd get annoyed I've got and a tell whole Cain. List of things I want to do to you. Yeah, I want to do this. So Tori runs back to Kane and goes, Mankind did this to me. Mankind did this. And Tori hugs Kane, and Kane, like, puts her up again and goes, no! <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, ah. the only thing you compare it to is Shoebacker. After he realizes Han Solo has been done in the kryptonite,
2: my favorite kryptonite, um, carbonite. I know what you meant. Whatever. Shut up. My my favorite uh, was WrestleMania 17, and it was a clip from WWF Access, and you've got Kane wearing like a WWF T-shirt, yeah, but with the mask on, going, "Yeah, I think it's really great. (laughs) All the fans getting to see us meet us all. Oh, I've got a little bit better I one. think it's great. Mm. Didn't even have a voice box. Hi, uh,
3: can, you, can you sign up for Andy please? okay, Andy
2: <laughs>
3: My friend <laughs> no, even better than that he was on one of the weakest link specials, obviously with his mask on and then the pre like pre-show interview on the weakest link he goes, if I don't know the answer to a question, I'm just going to answer Ecuador <laughs> I don't know, I for, I've forgotten all about that moment. Thank you for bringing that back. So anyway, the road dog is out here. Uh, and again, it would just make even the stupidest things sound smart and get a pop. Uh, He complains he couldn't trade Jericho's ass for a carton of cigarettes in prison. (laughs) When the crowd goes, I don't know what that means, but yay, road dog. And then Jericho made his debut in WF the 9th of August. This is his in-ring debut. And the career of Jericho, as we'll see, rather similar to big shows for a number of reasons. Uh, One would be the China Feud. Where China being friends with Triple H, who's friends with everybody else, wasn't happy with how Jericho would work and got the the bad image of he couldn't wrestle. And in fairness to Jericho, for a few months he was wrestling like a WCW cruiserweight. Yes. And that did not fit in with the, the WF style at the time. So I weird, think there was a point to what they were saying. Um really shouldn't be the expense of his push but I think Jericho ended up all right. I don't know we'll have to see next week's episode.
2: Yes. Um it was yeah it was a, it was a weird time with with Jericho as you say because he was still wrestling that kind of style and he was still using the double powerbomb as a finisher which I think never suited Jericho. Jericho's always had a weird one with finishers, hasn't he? Like throughout his entire career he's, he's hmm. but I think that's why I think Jericho is... that's why I love Jericho because he's he's adapted his style so many times absolutely like if, i feel like there's about 17 different versions of chris jericho yeah and and uh but i think of all the finishes that he's had let's see if we can name them all um oh go on okay so we've currently got the 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 judas elbow
3: judas effect judas effect oh i've got the, the the olden days uh the lion salt, the
2: lion salt. i don't know what
3: thrill seekers move was um I don't know, double dropkick or something. Uh, the double powerbomb. Double powerbomb. And I guess that worked when he was wrestling guys like Rey Mysterio and Malenko. When he comes to WF, is like, all right, do that the big show, mate.
2: Walls of Jericho. Oh,
3: AK Lion Tamer. The that's Breakdown. Right. Breakdown, the that's breakdown, right. The Breakdown, which
2: was the... Um, the Stroke. It was the Stroke, wasn't it? It that's was right. the Stroke. Um, It'll always
3: be the Stroke to me. I don't care. Codebreaker. Codebreaker. Uh,
2: what else did he have?
3: I'm sure there's did another one. Did he do a standing
2: in Zaguri for a while, or have I just made that up?
3: Maybe have done it as a regular move. as a finisher. A
2: move. He might have done it as a regular move. Um, I think we've hit all, haven't we? We nailed all Jericho's finishes. Okay. Yeah. But you're
3: right, adapting, and that's why people seem very. There was lots of different opinions on the Judas effect. But I go, it's great though because we all know Jericho of 30 years of wrestling, however long he's been doing it. Mm. So everyone's kicked out of the lion salt lion tamer. So he's yeah. got a new move. So and then so keep oh no, that it. guy kicked out. That was the first time, and I think that's a good idea. People go. Yeah, but it's an elbow. And I go, yeah, he's pushing 50.
2: <laughs> what are <laughs> you, you
3: expecting?
2: is the same as Jushin Liger. Jushin Liger used to yeah. do a load of flying stuff, and he went, this is going to knacker me, so let's see if we can adapt it. And he slowly introduced the running palm strike. The shoté. Yeah, to the point where he made it a deadly finisher, a really simple, non-damaging, uh, deadly finisher. Yeah. Brilliant. What? Well, that's great. I yeah. love that. Wrestling moves don't have to be flippy floppy crazy nonsense. It yep. just has, to, it can, just something simple that, that the other guy can get over. Incidentally, at private party at AEW.
3: Oh, they do very simple moves.
2: They, yeah, they do. <laughs> but one of their simple moves is a double back elbow and they went to Jericho and said, um, we do this double back elbow are you okay with us using it? And Jericho went, well, thank you for coming to me. No, because I do a, I do a back elbow as we finish. If you're doing a double back elbow and winning matches or getting a two-cat on them, mine looks awful. So please don't. So there's been a nice, But I like, like, yeah, it's it's, nice that, of them. it's it's respectful. I think that makes sense. I think it's nice that they do that. A fair play to Private Party. They've got enough great moves.
3: I, I was going to say, I couldn't even, I didn't even know that move, no. to be honest with you. Because no, they no. do so many other cool stuff. There's that, so much yeah. in their
2: repertoire. There's so much in their locker that it's not missed. But it was nice. A nice little story from Jericho's podcast where they reflected it.
3: Building mm. Well done, Private Party. And I, I did mm. enjoy Vodka and Cranberry last week because there was so much of that on the uh, All Out show. <laughs> it's alright it's p- pretty bitter I've got a piece on it right there.
2: <laughs> but you
3: know what not as bitter as Road Dog was after this match oh these segues this is what you've taught me nice, Tom nice man. after this uh, the other match and I think Jericho's style here is very cruiserweight based Road dog was never uh, again I've said this a few times on other podcasts it's always funny to old school people that Road Dog was the Armstrong that made it big because all the other ones, Brad, uh, no, I don't know what I can think off the top of my head, but Brad especially, probably want to like a, a four-star match or whatever with Jericho here. Instead, Jericho almost forces Road Dog to wrestle his, his speed and pace. And you can see, he's like, uh-oh, i guess glad this is SmackDown 99. It's going to go two minutes.
2: In the same that Ringo Starr wasn't the best drummer in the Beatles, Armstrong, Brian, Dog wasn't the best wrestler in the Armstrongs.
3: He yeah. wasn't, was he? But, but he was the biggest star. But he
2: was the biggest star because he was probably the most charismatic.
3: Yeah. And... By the way, that line, everyone thinks friggin McCartney or Lennon said that line. No, it was a comedian who said that. So how angry I am at Facebook for making people think that the somebody from the Beatles actually said that line. <laughs> no, they didn't. Shut up. Uh, moving on, Road Dog puts out the cardio here, which is amusing considering he's dressed like one of Tony Soprano's crew out for a jog. And Jericho gets sick of resting Road Dog and decides, ah what the hell, I'll do the double power bomb with one power bomb being a mat and the other one being on the table. To officially lose his debut, that's a good yeah. omen, isn't it, Tom? Isn't
2: that weird? Like yeah, it's well, a cool. little bit, a little bit something lost in the annals of time. Is that Chris Jericho lost his debut match in yeah. the WWF? Yeah. What a weird way to what a weird way to lose, though. Yeah. Like I don't get it. Like I don't get what like, they they made. Like this is a finish that they planned. I don't know what it achieved.
3: I think maybe after check. Russell was, was that Road Dog was injured at this time because they didn't have a match on pay per view. His first feud was with. It came out. Threatened uh, threatened Rock and Undertaker, and then his matches with Road Dog, but they didn't even have a proper match. There was Summer a promo Slam at some that's, that's right.
2: Where um, Jericho appeared on the uh, on the top of the event, on the top of the stage, did a whole sp- and spiel, and Road Dog just went, "Why don't you shut up?" bitch which i thought was always quite funny. Uh, but what a what a downgrade for Jericho to debut giving the rock and the undertaker a, like, a claptrap, and then your yeah. your first fuse with road dog and you don't even beat him. Like if road dog was injured at this point beat him. Mm. Are we are we protecting road dog? <laughs> I think we are, aren't we? It's big star road dog. Big star road dog bigger of the Armstrongs. But it was just felt weird that we that we protected road dog in this way. Like at least i don't i just yeah, very confusing. Very bizarre. But anyway.
3: And then Jericho, hey, there's a lot of stuff happened with Jericho here, makes Howard Finkel attack Tony Chimmel,
0: <laughs> which
3: I can only assume was a rib backstage and must have been a sellout at the curtain. Someone's like, oh, get in. Finally, Chimmel versus <laughs> Finkel. <clears throat> well,
2: it's always, <clears throat> it's that whole thing where, they're, where this, is, this is still Fink being the Ralfers of WWE. Yeah. Fink was always up for stuff like this. I was always impressed with the fact that Howard Finkel, his normal speaking voice, is his announcing voice. Like, you always assume that he puts that on, but then you hear him talk. He's like, listen to me, Tony. This is my job. I was like, that's your, that's your proper, that's your, that's your indoors voice and your outdoors voice. I love that. I think because everybody, because I used to do a lot of stuff in radio, and people go, oh, what's your DJ voice? I go, well, it's just my normal voice. Like, there isn't any. And I always assumed that Howard Finkel's voice was put on. But I don't think it was. I think that was how 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 Howard Finkel spoke hmm. and how he speaks. He said he was at RAW the other week. He's in a wheelchair, bless him. He's had a, has he had a stroke? Did I read Did he had a stroke?
3: I haven't read though. So Get well I'll soon,
2: think. We love you.
3: See, you know what? I would have made a Jarrett joke like that because I like Finkel so much. I'm not gonna touch it.
2: No, 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 no. Best not to. Aww. love the Fink. Love the Fink. Get well soon, Fink. Big fan of your work.
3: And also comes to the ring to the Ultimate Warriors theme. <laughs> oh, Speaking yeah. of ribs. There's more ribs at the start of the Flintstones <laughs> cartoon where it knocks his car over. Is and then Chimmel and Fink fight. Crowd pops for Fink getting beat up. Big. They are a pro Tony Chimmel
2: crowd. This is, this is Hot Chimmel territory this is this is Chimmel country this is chimble <laughs> we're in Chimmel country <laughs> yeah. they remember Chimble like long like the Chimmels grafted for this position you know how long he carried Razor RazorModes chains backstage in right. WWF in the 90s the,
3: he earned this spot the, the Chimmels controlled the Chicago territory in the oh, 70s oh
2: big star big big star in the in the 70s the Chimmels.
3: and Lola gets my favorite line of the night and says the two too much bone in his head and not enough in his back <laughs> And then, as if this wasn't enough segments happening at once, Ken Shamrock emerges from the USADA testing facility with a clean bill of health. (laughs) Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Jericho collides into him and says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Shamrock, sorry, Shamrock. He goes, all right, fair enough. Sends Finkel on him, then runs away. (laughs) I tell you, it was never dull on SmackDown. Oh, it never was dull,
2: was it? It was always, there was always stuff happening. Yeah. Always stuff. So Finkel nearly got a batter in by, by Ken Shamrock, but then Jericho turns up with a chair and clatters Shamrock. So Shamrock's match, he was, he was coming down to have a match, and, there's oh, I guess he's yep. not now, the end. Ian. <laughs> whoever, was, whoever was facing Shamrock had the night off.
3: To be continued. And then Test proposes to Stephanie. Out comes Steph in her orthopedic what? shoes. I was going to say, what is she wearing? The orthopedic shoes.
2: Orthopedic shoes, Stephanie McMahon. This is a special era for Steph. Right. And she was the girl next door, the wallflower Stephanie McMahon. Gosh, it's weird scene. I did fancy it like this. I think we talked about it last week. I did have a little crush on Stephanie McMahon at this point. I thought My was... taste in women in wrestling oh. is really weird. And it's so? changed over the years. Cause when I was this age, like I was I was a big fan of Stephanie McMahon, like the quiet girl next door type. And in two thousand nineteen, I'm a big fan of Jordan Grace. <laughs> like, whoa, like she's 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 beautiful. And she's strong and she's talented and she's fun. Like
3: And like, she's bi- she's designed like a toga touring car. Oh my track.
2: god, she would clatter me in a heartbeat. Um, but I'm you know, I'm not gonna be one of those weirdos that fancy Jordan Grace and slide into a DMs. She's written a whole book about them, several books about that's them right. actually.
3: She's in the my DMs, but it was about botches, so it was alright.
2: Oh, that's fine then. That's fine. Wait,
3: Message from Jordan Gray- Oh, it's about mistaken
2: arrangements. <laughs> Get yeah. in. I'm, I think I've, I've had a couple of back and forths with Jordan Grace on, uh, in, in Twitter form regarding I think she was meant to I was meant to commentate on one of her matches and then she ended up not making the show so uh, that was a shame uh, I'd love to get her on Desert Island Graps to talk about wrestling uh, matches that she loves and, but I, I've asked her and then we'll see what happens but honestly oh, she's beautiful she's yeah. beautiful like Jonathan Gresham is a lucky lucky guy as and and Jordan's lucky lucky girl to have Gresham I, I know. know
3: it's like that Ro- Roger Roberts scene it's like shit She's with Jonathan Gresham.
2: <laughs> yeah, what a lucky goyle. <laughs>
1: what
3: a lucky goyle. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I didn't see anything in Stephanie, even as a kid, because I discovered World of Wrestling magazine, and they had a pictorial with one April Hunter. Oh. And let me tell you, if Bill Aptor ever needs a hand or some money, I am there for him.
2: <laughs>
3: My uh, wrist muscles thank him forever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tess says, Steph says yes. Chi C says it in her own Steffi Man way, which is... Yeah, yeah, you man, know, man, yeah. the dogs need neutering after that. Um, Pepper runs away again. And then the, mis- uh, mystery. the... What's her name's? The Mean Street, the Posse. Mean Street Posse. I thought MSP and I'm like, what does that stand for?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Show up and beat up test, which is great. Then Mankind remembers his heart belongs to the Union because he paid his dues and makes a safer test. Mm. I mean... There is continuity here.
2: Yes, there is indeed. It ain't there the is greatest,
3: indeed. but it is there.
2: But then also, it bleeds into the fact that Shane and Mankind are set to have a match at some point in the night. And That's I guess right. they just decide they're having it now.
3: And this is a beautiful setup segment because Mankind goes, Look, I've already come out twice. I'm not coming down that damn ramp again.
2: <laughs>
3: come on, get in the ring. See if you can find the, inte- in- oh, the intestinal fortitude. Thank you. This is intestinal
2: altitude. fortitude. I'll give you
3: this chair. You get one shot. Just so Shane's like, Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs>
2: Moment when like he says, why well, you decide? I'm just gonna be here hanging out with the posse. And it's I'm gonna Pete, Gas, Rondi, Cherry. i was just dead on the campus. And Mick was like walking over and talking to them. <laughs> just, just again, what you said earlier. Mick Foley was funny. Like, one of the funniest guys. At least the, funniest at least, the crowd guys. popped for
3: this one because yeah, they're all dead. Yeah, <laughs> hanging out with the posse. Chairman <laughs> uh, hits him with the chair, like Pokemon. It wasn't very effective. Uh, it's it's a weird it's a very slow brawl. Mankind, bless him, needed all the help he could get in 1999, which is why one of the reasons he retired in 2000. But yeah. We'll come to that later on. Doesn't matter. Mankind, Socko, Shane, while the Stooges help test deal with <laughs> the MSP. I hope there's a, a Stooges MSP match we get to watch later on. Oh, there's bound to be.
2: Yeah. I'm sure they. I'm sure they do have a couple yeah. of uh, of little shenanigans.
3: But China distracts the referee. I have no idea what he was doing during this match to miss all this interference and everything else happening. So Triple H can hit mankind in the leg. So he loses to Shane as Triple H... There we go. What, the, the corporation was no longer as well. I guess they were part of the corporate ministry. And then, split up, they both died. But Shane McMahon was still aligned with Triple H in China, despite Triple H having his own theme. Yeah. It's mm. like, right. okay, just aligned but not...
2: Yeah, they're kind corp- of like kissing cousins at
3: this point. Yeah. Oh, God <laughs> Gall- my search history.
2: Massive pervert. So yeah, uh, massive, massive pervert. Okay,
3: and then we get a backstage video with Austin being interviewed as he's injured.
2: No, you've missed a bit. You've missed a bit. Oh, God. It's all right, it's all right. Chris Jericho jumps in the car and drives off because Ken Shamrock's chasing him and Fink, but he leaves Fink behind. So Shamrock <laughs> realises <laughs> he's left Fink, grabs Fink by the throat, and he's like, don't you ever do that again? Ever? And, then Ke- and then Ken goes... What's that smell? <laughs> Thinking they can do the line from No yeah. Holds Barred, Dookie. Yeah, and then Ken just goes, "Did you crap yourself?" and puts him down. I thought they missed a golden opportunity to do the whole bit from No Holds Barred. They near, they came, they came that close, like an yeah. inch close, to doing the No Holds Barred bit.
3: Because there's only one scene from No Holds Barred that needs referencing, and <laughs> it is. What's that what smell,
2: <laughs> Dookie?
3: <Do-key>. <laughs> That and The random appearance of Stan Hansen going.
2: Tiny WANGERS! and and Hulk Hogan doing naked push-ups.
3: <laughs> oh, sorry to distract you. I'm I'm too busy doing push-ups for that big charity match. I right? have what the hell?
2: What a what a rip him. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Rip
3: him. First name a new arsehole. So Austin's injured out of action. Too busy watching a Hulk's bard on um, some dark TV <laughs> pay-per-view somewhere. Uh. Triple H is being blamed for this because of the actions on Raw with the chair.
2: uh, No, he he batters him at the end of SummerSlam. At the end of SummerSlam. I thought it was at the start of Raw. No, 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 no. At the end of SummerSlam, Foley wins the belt and then Triple H just goes uh, crazy with the steel chair and just clatters Austin with the chair. I remember that. Once Ventura's left, uh, Triple H. So SummerSlam ends with uh, Triple H battering Austin with the chair and then Austin misses Raw, and then we have oh, the whole shenanigan okay. of, oh, incidentally, Triple H broke Jim Ross's arm on Raw. Yeah, there's Jim Ross with like a little bit of tape around his arm. Yes, he going, did. He broke my arm on Monday night, but he's one hell of a competitor. <laughs> like That's yeah. a lot of, mo- lot of motion, a lot of movement in a broken arm, Jim. Yeah, Jim Ross misses one day. <laughs> and i like, wow. They work him too hard. Yeah, You're and he's never, he's
3: never mentioned again. It's like, oh, he broke my arm, but it's all right now. It's fine now. I can move my arm. There's a proper northeast thing, by the way. Yeah, it is. Oh, isn't it was an hospital. Just leukemia. Sorry, I'm sorry. On. Right.
2: Sorry, man.
3: Then, Ivory versus Tory. No, not that one. T O R I. The other Tory. And I had forgotten about Tory's banger of a theme. It was a good theme, sock,
2: wasn't it? And then, Evening cow uh, match. 15-year-old Tom Campbell loved this stuff, and I yeah. apologise for 15-year-old Tom Campbell. I don't
3: apologise 15-year-old Tom <laughs> Campbell. Why am I hanging around here? That sounds weird. <laughs> uh, backstage, topless, thong-stricken Tory is trying to, like, just walk to the ring like that because it's ninety-nine, ladies and gentlemen. But th- I saw this on the network. I don't think I would have noticed this on my, like, VHS copy from Sky 1 Sunday morning <laughs> thing. But, um... Tori appears to have a very unfortunately placed tribal tattoo around the arse. Oh. I'm not sure if you noticed this. I hope it's tribal tattoo, but it's, it's literally around the, the silhouette, the, the lines, if you I will. I never
2: spotted her tattoo around the arse. Because it sticks
3: out over the thong. And I'm like, why would you have a tattoo there? One, it probably hurts like hell. And two, on the wrong quality of tape, it may look like yeah, I'm wiped. I think it's one of the worst places I've ever seen a tattoo.
2: That is a that is a weird one. I don't know why you'd put your tattoo there. I guess something I don't know. She was she was very
3: hippie-ish, I believe um X Pac described her. Oh really? In the shooting the view. Okay. <laughs> I
2: so believe hey, it was Tori.
3: She said they said, What do you think about Tori? He said, Big Bush.
2: <laughs> um Still met Barbara Bush.
3: That's right. The
2: train the, the nurse. That's right.
3: Oh, we'll get to her later on. Nurse BB. Yeah, BB. Hall Beebe. of Favor
2: two thousand twenty. That's
3: right.
2: So it's a, it's an evening gown match. It is an evening gown match. Oh gosh, this is this this is, this is the this is this is the male apology match of, uh, no, of two thousand nineteen. Uh-huh. We're all scumbags. The this. good
3: old days, there, Tom? Twenty seconds of action, ten seconds of arse, and I've <laughs> just got a review here of Ivory Jonas period. and it just says Ivory the Terrible.
2: Hey, the best technical evening gown match that ever happened. I thought you might like to know this because I'm trying to sort of. There oh, was, was actually don't say
3: Patterson Briscoe. No, no, oh.
2: no. That was that was something else. The best technical evening gown match ever was Invasion Two Thousand One, and it was Tory and Stacy Tory, Tory Wilson and Stacey Kiebler right. versus Trish Stratus right. and Lita because they actually incorporated wrestling moves into the removal of the garments. It was like a sunset flip that turned into. A removal of underwear and mm-hmm. stuff like that it was just i mean i mean <laughs> the evening gown match is historically deplorable yeah but at, at least they tried to make a technical affair out of yeah. it like get a couple of stars in there yeah. i mean it's funny because like it goes oh why can't we have it like this and he goes,
3: well we're not just aiming the product at 14 year old males no you know uh so we have things like that which was always interesting when a guy like tess would appear and there would be this like yay noise it's mm-hmm. like and it's almost like the monty python goes are there any women here today? <laughs> why are you here? But I guess, yeah, there was something for everybody in these days.
2: And didn't now last we very have... long, did this, anyway?
3: No. Nope. Was there uh, anything before I get to the main event? Um, i at the amount of stuff I've missed.
2: Oh, by the way, um, Tory won, uh, carried on beating up Ivory afterwards. i got to
3: get all the details in.
2: And and then Luna came to save her, whether we've, we've got a Luna-Tory thing. <sighs> yeah. Luna was still on the books at this point. I'd forgotten.
3: Uh, yeah, I don't know what she was... She didn't... I thought she was with Gangrel, but she wasn't real life with Gangrel. But they, until I then, she was think just around. They
2: were around. Ever on air as a couple for the WWE. I think you're right, actually. I think they were a couple, but they were never a couple on air. Yeah.
3: No, you are right, Tom. She was aligned with the oddities in 98, and then in 99. So the main event. <laughs>
2: Isn't that? Didn't she feud with Sable in 99?
3: I think everyone for would say, I'm going right to turn now. your Estee Lauder face yeah. into an
2: Andy Warhol original.
3: So, Luna, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Oh, what her. a voice.
2: Uh, oh, uh, China China, and Triple H are backstage before the main event being interviewed by Lillian Garcia. And China's like, I don't know who you are, but we'll answer your question. Lillian Garcia debuted on Monday, just gone. She's very new to the company. I didn't company. even get that, did she? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I looked it up and she de- she made her debut for M- on Monday Night Raw as a backstage announcer. Uh, the Monday before this. So she oh. is very, very shiny new to the company at this point. She's working as a backstage announcer. Oh,
3: so when she says I don't know who you are, it's like, no, I legit don't know who you are. I'm not throwing shade.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, they, I think it was a bit of column A and a bit of column B. A bit of shade, but also like uh, a little bit of a, who are you, you're new. Let's, let's, you know, mm. give you a bit of grief. So, so China continued to flip-flop as like a face and a heel at this point. And I just didn't, it was a very confusing time. Like, like... No, I think it worked because they knew it. She was... Good when she's
3: wrestling Billy Gunn or whatever in the undercard, but she was a baddie with but Triple H. I think, it, I think it worked. Oh, yeah. Okay. As long as the two bits were kept separate and there wasn't yeah. any um, coalition between the two, it was fine. So.
2: Don't no cross-pollination. It was, yeah. it
3: was two for one, as oh. the price. <laughs> and, hey, Tom, what's Triple H's favourite fighting discipline?
2: I don't know. My tie! My tie! <laughs> My tie! <laughs> 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 Keep your finger off the switch, Dunn. Was that the first reference to Kevin Dunn? Uh, Ever I, wish, a, I a, wish it had been the last. In the in, in the music, in the theme song with the lyrics where he talks about all the, the DX bands about all the rules, the stupid rules, keep your finger off the switch, done. I wish referencing Kevin Dunn, the producer.
3: Don't you wish you're on WF.com downloading this
2: <laughs> so you knew what
3: we were talking about.
2: Triple H in, in uh his very fine chainmail attire tonight, yes. which is a good look. I like chainmail. Oh,
3: that a second H. mention. Yeah. Chainmail triple didn't chain it last very long. Triple H. Unbelievable. Because school clap Triple H is coming up, yeah, and school clap jeans Triple H is coming as well. Those don't go together very oh, well. Oh
2: yeah, we get oh yeah, we go through some weird. <laughs> he had a lot of action figures at this point.
3: These are all upcoming DLC for 2K <laughs> 2020. Which version of 99 Triple H do you want?
2: Oh, gosh, that's going to be a thing in 2K 2021,
3: isn't it? Of a 30-man Royal Rumble, it's all the different 99 versions of Triple H.
2: You could probably do that. I know in 2K19, you can basically assemble, like, a, a eight-man tag with all... St- I think it's all Daniel Bryan's versus all Triple H's. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's good fun.
3: Okay, the main event is Triple H versus The Rock with special guest referee Shawn Michaels, while he can still stand up. <laughs> rock goes for the finisher early, something you like to do in matches.
2: Yeah. Uh, Some exceptional camera work at the beginning of this. Yes. Uh where like they see the rock uh on the on the ring on the post and they shoot like so like between Triple H's shoulder blades and then they got the shot from low down which I think they used a couple of times where Triple H and The Rock are like jawjacking at each other just just mm. you know done got kicking just then let's give him some plus some excellent camera oh, absolutely. production in the opening bit and then we have the match which is very attitude era yes uh, very attitude era
3: Triple H takes his mighty fly out the ring bump I forgot he used to do every he match during this time he loves that doesn't he and it, it did look good and uh, pay-per-view main event brawl around the stage so we can get a good look around this brand new blue and white set and all it's blueness Trying to gets thrown out, so Shawn Michaels, sorry, Trying to gets thrown out because Shawn Michaels is sick of her interfering. But in doing so, Shawn Michaels doesn't see a pinfall on Triple H. Crowd buying it, crowd sinking their teeth into this. Yeah, they're going, "Hey, Shawn!" They're
2: buying on everything in this.
1: Shawn, and it is just punch, punch, punch,
2: punch, 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 whip, punch, 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 whip, whip, punch, 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 suplex on the on the ramp. Punch, 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 punch. That is every that is every Attitude match at the moment. That style, yeah,
3: that style, like. Oh, lasted and lasted until yeah. you know the, the, the radicals kick started the main <laughs> until event people
2: scene. turned up who could wrestle. <laughs>
3: Boo, Um even more so, Shane Mann shows up, distracts Shawn Michaels, and the crowd really no, no, Shawn, Shawn. And it's great seeing this because this is the crowd they're like, they're not really like, they're not on Wrestling Observer Live, listen to Alvarez. No, I'm like. <sighs> again, everybody. That's what it sounded like in no. 99. <laughs> you know, after this, they're just there like, yeah, Austin. They're just know?
2: invested. Yeah. It's like no sure. They're
3: sure. in the win. It. And it's like, oh, yeah cool. it, it, It's it's almost like Punch and Judy. They don't care. They
2: want Punch to... No, wait, that's not right. How's Punch and Judy work again? Punch and Judy <laughs> is... Well you, well, you don't really... like. There's no face and heel in Punch and Judy. Well, I guess, I guess Punch is the heel because he's beating up Judy. But yet, it's comical for both ways. They want
3: Judy to win. But nowadays... A Chicago I Philadelphia crowd. I think we want crowd. the Crocodiles to win. Yeah, I was going yeah, really. to say, the Philadelphia crowd's like, Crocodile, eat them all. <laughs> yeah. Rooting it. But yeah, right now they're into this. And then, talk about the camera work, rock bottom on Triple H, sets to the people's elbow, crowd going banana, and then the camera work here, bounce off the ropes once, yeah. comes up, up twice, Shawn Michaels into frame. Oh,
1: beautiful. music.
2: Abs, what a shot. What a shot. Perfect. Picture Lovely. perfect super kick yeah. Shawn Michaels to the rock. I do believe, as well, this is probably, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. I'm sure this is the only interaction physically the Rock and Shawn Michaels ever had, because the, the whole thing was they never had a match. Yes. Because there was there was a bit of legit heat between them. If, I don't know whether that's still the case anymore. Oh, I need allocate, and all that.
3: Sorry, I need to allocate all the things to say what happened what. But Shawn Michaels always. Almost say like it was anti rock, like he's going backstage going, I hate the rock. But for example, the main event of which WrestleMania was it? Uh t- 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 was it Triple H was it two thousand? Two thousand, which 2000 was, was Triple H, H the...
2: rock Mankind big show. Yeah, Mick, Mick Foley, Foley said show. in his book that he wanted like
3: he thought no, it should just be a singles match and then uh, Sean was like, Yeah, I agree, I don't want the rock in it. Like it should be you. But Foley was like, No, no, I shouldn't be like it should be a yeah. singles main event match <laughs> between yeah. Mankind and Triple H, no, that's not going to work. But then, um, those things like that, he was pro Triple H, yeah, to the point where he was anti Rock, and I, I believe The Rock's been very diplomatic about it. I think he said some little ummings and errings of the years, like that, yeah, Shawn Michaels wasn't a fan of his when that meant something. However, luckily for The Rock, Shawn Michaels, as you've said earlier, was becoming less and less important. Yeah,
2: so it wasn't too much of a concern that Shawn wasn't a big Rock fan. I think there would have yeah. been a point in WWF where if Shawn wasn't a fan of The Rock, The Rock wouldn't have gone on. Right. You know, if it was really on the radar of Shawn Michaels like in the mid to late 90s, yeah. Rock wouldn't have mattered or anything. It would have gone a bit Shane Douglas.
3: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. He, he missed... It's weird, isn't it? He missed, you know, cocaine Shawn Michaels by this much. The same way that Cactus Jack got out of WWE before he wrestled Hulk Hogan.
2: Yeah, know? yeah, so. that's it. Because Jack, Jack and Hogan was going to be a thing and Hogan wanted to batter him. Yeah, he So,
3: that happens there uh, Sean counts to three Triple H on the pedigree one two three big hug and Sean Michaels does the crotch chop because they're DX well they were DX DX is no longer well we on going it's kind of like a pseudo
2: corporate DX ironically it would legit become a corporate DX in like 2006 yeah, right. <laughs> but this is sort of the artistic corporate DX right. as it were where the, where the degenerates have become the management. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the following weeks because as far as I know, this didn't go anywhere. No, and that's what really upsets me because I love the idea, and we joked about it just then, I love the idea of, in 1999, the degenerates becoming management, Yeah, basically. Like, Triple H is the champ, Shane McMahon is there, Shawn Michaels is the commissioner. So you've got these, these hostile, uh, anti-corporate entities that are running the show. Yeah bit,
3: like the Sex Pistols, was like at the very last gig yeah. that they ever did together. You went, "Ah, oh, good night." I ever get the feeling you've been cheated?
2: <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's my the uh, it's a, and it's the great, like it's a, it's the great swap from Triple H being Shawn Michaels' corner man to Shawn Michaels being Triple H's corner man. Right. And and it's just and it, it, that idea bled so well. We never really saw much of it, really, because the moment that they got back together in two thousand and two. They um, uh, Triple H turned on Shawn Michaels. Then we had the feud for many years. Then mm. they got back together, and they were DX, and they mm. were on a level pegging. We never really saw Shawn Michaels as sort of like the Triple H um, uh, wingman, like
3: how Flair would be for Triple H. Yeah, the evolution, we never right? saw
2: Shawn Michaels do that. and yeah. uh, But it was, but it's a shame. But as we've said, um, there was some wranglings. Uh, WF wanted to, according to the Observer, WF wanted to renegotiate Shawn Michaels' seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar per year deal because he doesn't go on the road. Actually, only appears sparingly at television. But Shawn Michaels' feeling was he was injured in a WWF ring, so he refused to change the contract terms. Mm. So that is why we probably don't really get much in the way of a fallout from this right. one, which is such a shame.
3: Luckily, though, still got Triple H versus The Rock. We did indeed. Yeah, yeah months, what so. a nice way
2: to kick off SmackDown proper.
3: Beautiful. Also of note, WWF Attitude was released in the UK August 9th, same time Jericho made his debut. Two weeks uh, earlier to the show. Just in case we didn't come back to this, Acclaim Sports, back when Acclaim was big enough to have two divisions, <laughs> lost the WDF rights during development to THQ, which I would still... I would love to hear more information on this if anyone's listening to this. Or maybe a triple jump will have some more information on this. Okay. And how you can possibly lose the rights of something you're making. <laughs> I know! That's
2: weird, isn't it? Like,
3: what a horrible position to be in. Um, so Acclaim rushed the game. There's lots of things left out, for and example. What you could tell. Yeah, like there's... um. The, the trainer character is in it, but there isn't a training mode uh, and stuff like that. I have to go through. This is just off memory. There's a bunch oh. of stuff that we're going to have in. Uh, however, because they were losing the rights, they had to flood shops with copies of this before they were not allowed to sell it anymore, basically. This helped them get the number one in the charts across all countries, I believe, across all platforms for a brief period. Then Christmas came along was not there as I found out when I asked my parents for a copy. Because it all gone. Exactly. Because they got rid of all the copies. And guess what I got instead? What you get? WF WrestleMania 2000 by THQ. Oh,
2: mate, that's an upgrade. Oh, that is such an upgrade. So,
3: thank you for losing the right midway way through. <laughs> Couldn't have happened to a better company. That is
2: an upgrade and a half, my friend. Well yes. done. Well done.
3: So, that aside, just so I'll get out of there to give you this time capsule that we're giving you. I like it. i like to recap this. Think of the thing going on.
2: And how we we'll look at things... What was something that you
3: remembered from the show?
2: Okay, something I remembered was the way that Triple H introduced himself as champion because it was it was yep. the cadence he went. I am the World Wrestling Federation champion, and yeah. they used that in quite a few video packages going forward. For some reason, I remember yes. the as soon as he said it, I remember the cadence of that. I remember the Shawn Michaels heel turn was was Jane like a whoa? What was that about? Because we don't think, we didn't get SmackDown at this point in the UK. So I remember watching highlights of it. I don't know if we did or not. But highlights of it and going, Ah, I wanted to see that. And then watching Raw and going, Oh, they've not mentioned it. Those are Mm -hmm. the two things I remember. How about you?
3: Fantastic. I remember The Game.
2: Yeah. I am
3: the game. Like George Dredd. The game Anyway. uh, I remember remember X Pac and Kane's tag team. The wacky partners who kind of get along. And I remember Tori. Just about awesome theme, <laughs> <laughs> not a just a theme. But
2: what about things you'd forgot? Big one. Things problem. that you've forgotten about. So, that, so things I'd forgot. So things that I saw and went, oh yeah, oh that, oh that thing. Um, I think the thing that struck me was I'd forgotten that Fink was Jericho's Ralphus. Right. That was nice to see Fink doing some more character stuff. Mm-hmm. I always like him as a, as a wacky character. So I enjoyed seeing Fink playing the Jericho uh, stooge. I think it was, you know, it was. To introduce Jericho in that way probably made sense because anybody that knew him would already be familiar with him in that shtick of like right. a, a hapless sort of older stooge with him. So I'd forgotten that and it was nice to see that again. I enjoyed it.
3: Yeah. I'd forgotten that the Unholy Alliance had their own theme.
2: <laughs> yeah. And you were pleasantly surprised by it.
3: Yeah. Because I'm like, wait, what's this? Yeah. This is an of whatever. And it was like, it's like. I don't know how it would work. Well, welcome to dong.
2: <laughs> welcome to dong. Welcome That's to Joey. dong. It's Joey dong, Ryan's dong. Music,
3: isn't it? <laughs> it's a big bad dong tonight.
2: <laughs>
3: so, yeah, I was happy to hear that again for the first time. Yeah. Again. Yeah, fresh, fresh again. Yes. It's new
2: again. Okay. Exactly. So there we go. So that was the pilot episode of Smackdown.
3: No, it wasn't. That was the debut episode of SmackDown. That's right. My apologies. So episode you- zero was last week. This is episode one this week. There I think we that's go. how it works. I think so.
2: So you've now heard um, two different styles of program from myself and Matthew Gregg from Off-Off Watcher Mania. Hello. Uh, hello. Uh, so we had last week, we had the watch along where we did the commentary for it. And this week we had just the talk through, which ironically is roughly the same time. Oh, God. So well, there's so much to talk about. Lots though, to in talk fairness. about. We would like you to tweet at Cultaholic or at Tom Campbell or at Matthew Gregg or all three of us. Tell us which you preferred, because that'll be we'll, we'll do a vote thing and we'll see which one is is the is the most loved going forward. And we'll do it that way. We're easy. It takes about the same time for both, so like time wise, it doesn't make a difference. Uh, there's pros and cons to both, but we'd like you listening to choose which one you'd like. Mm-hmm. So get on that. That's you're, right. You're it's up eggs. to you. Thank New York, New York. Da, 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 da.
3: <laughs> Start tweeting the
2: dudes. <laughs> no, don't. Slide into DMs. Yeah, uh, he is Matthew Gregg. Hello. I am at Tom Campbell. Hello. We are at Cultaholic. Hi. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to join us. I love you, bye.
1: <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well.